This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys good? Uh, We just had just a really powerful time of worship and... uh, Man, do you know that the presence of God is in this place? Do you believe that this morning? When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, I am with you. And this morning, Jesus' presence is here. Uh, my name is Joel Libermento. I'm part of the Dream Team here at the River Church. Uh, we're giving our pastor Mike a break because they just had a beautiful baby boy, and so uh, so you guys you have me, all right. And what we're doing is we're walking through a series called Welcome Home. Hi, raise your hand if you've enjoyed the series so far. Yeah, it's been awesome. We uh, we talked about what it means to uh, to love a broken world, people who are. Uh, broken. Why? Because we've all been broken. And uh, and that God is not this God with a lightning bolt up there trying to strike you down when you do something wrong, but instead he's like a loving father throwing a party when you come home. And we've just talked about welcoming uh, home those who are broken uh, and knowing and believing that God is welcoming you home. And so we're going to continue in the series this morning. Um, and so what I want to do first is I want to read the passage of scripture that we're going to be talking about this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Mark. We're going to go to chapter two and we're going to go one verse one through 12. All right, let's get it. When he entered Capernaum again, after some days, it was reported, um, that he was at home. So many people gathered together, uh, together that there was no more room. Wait, did I mess that up? Yeah. Wow. I'm all over the place. It was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together, uh, that, wow. So many people gathered together. Am I reading that right? Wow. I am. This is crazy. Is this a typo in the Bible? I don't believe that. (laughs) Have I even read the scripture before? Uh, room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. They came to him bringing a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this uh, within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, took the mat and went out in front of everyone As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let's pray. 
God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage of scripture. God, I pray that today, as we just sit in your presence and as we hear from you this morning, God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to transform our hearts, transform our minds to be people who are committed to you, committed to walking in your purpose, committed to living from the inside out. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask this in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So my sermon today is called Inside Out. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the world that we live in, uh, we kind of have our priorities mixed up a little. We have our priorities mixed up a little bit. Let me just, let me try to explain this in a, in a, a different way. All right, let's imagine for a minute, we all got up out of our seats and we walked out into the parking lot and in the parking lot was a Lamborghini. You guys know what a Lamborghini, it's a sports car. All right, it looks really good. Oh, there it is, yeah, oh, that's great. Uh, it's a, yeah, it, and it's yellow. And so we go outside, and we're like, man, this is a nice car. Man, I like this. Mm. And so we're all standing there, and I like hop in the driver's seat real quick. In fact, we all get in the Lamborghini. It's a big Lamborghini. It's not like that was a little bit bigger. It's the Lamborghini, like, station wagon. Anyway, uh, so we all get in it, right? And I put the key in. It, it, it doesn't come on. So we're like, hey, pop the hood, pop the hood. I was talking to J-Lo today a little bit about what I was going to be sharing about the Lamborghini. He said, just be sure to let them know that the hood is not in the front, it's in the back. I didn't want to, you know, any car connoisseurs in here. I want to be like, hey, that's wrong. Uh, so what if I was like, hey, pop the hood. And we pop the hood and there's no engine inside. A Lamborghini is really nothing without its engine. I mean, it looks good. It's just not going to go anywhere, right? All right, here, here's another example for a second. Ladies, it's the big day. It's the big day. He surprises you, right? He's on his knee. He's got the box. And you see him, you're freaking out. You're so excited. Oh, my God. And so you're like, yes, yes, I say yes. Grab the box out of his hand, right? You open up the box, and you empty all the contents, and you throw it on the ground, and you just hug the empty box. That's not how it works, is it? No, 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 no. Shout out to Chris and Taylor. They got engaged last night. What? Y'all give him a round of applause. Now, you don't hug the empty box. It's not about the box. It's about what's on the inside of the box that matters. It's, that's what's valuable. That's what's valuable. Hey, let's say we all left this place and we loaded up in that Lamborghini and we, did, we went to Chipotle. Yeah. How many of you guys, Chipotle is your life? Yeah? Yeah. We went to Chipotle and we went in there and we got, we all ordered the big, the biggest burrito we could possibly order. How many of y'all love burritos? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, we got them big Chipotle burritos, right? And, and we went in there, and we sat down, and there I am, and I got my burrito, and I'm about to bite into it, and it goes, what? Like, what? I mean, I love tortillas and everything, but a burrito's not a burrito if it doesn't have anything on the inside, right? Am I right? I mean, come on. Think about it like this. I mean, our world, we're so, we, we kind of have our priorities mixed up a little bit. Listen, <clears throat> Even the rebellion, I'm about to geek out on y'all for a minute. Even the rebellion understood that the, the best part, the part they had to hit in the Death Star was on the inside. Oh, nobody laughing at that because all y'all hate Star Wars? Take that off. Take that off now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, come on. Come on. Think about it, guys. You got a wallet in your back pocket, probably. All right? Maybe. Uh, and in your wallet, think about the wallet. There, there's nothing really special about the wallet. Is it, it's about the inside, the content. Think about this. Our world is, we have our priorities mixed up. 
a lot of times we prioritize what's on the outside and we neglect what's on the inside. Our world is so focused on what you see and so focused on the outward that we we neglect what's on the inside. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. His name is Vaughn Peak. He was talking about raising children. And I just thought this was such an incredible thing. I had never thought about this before. We spend so much time on our children's cognitive learning. Here, here's the ABCs. Here's math. Here's square root, all this kind of stuff. You, we spend so much time pouring into them, trying to teach them, educate them cognitively. But we sometimes we forget to raise them and, and teach them how to take care of their soul, how to help them spiritually, how to help them hear from God how to help them grow in their faith in Jesus. And we forget about that. And a lot of times in this life, we have our priorities mixed up. Now, I'm not saying, I, I'm, hear me out, I'm not saying you don't need to take care of the outside, okay? You catch my drift. I, because especially if we're talking about the multi-million dollar industry of you know fitness and things like that, we've, we, a lot of times this, our culture's focused on the outside. I'm not saying don't take care of it. Your body is absolutely a part of your spiritual life. Your body is com- is connected to your spirit and soul. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh, we spend a lot more time on outward things than we do on inward things. And uh, and we just, we, we're just kind of backwards. I think our culture is backwards in that way. And that's what is so incredible about Jesus is he shows up and he flips the script. He changes everything. He begins to teach something totally different. The Pharisees, who were the spiritual leaders in that day, are standing out on the street corner, holy. Yet they're dying on the inside. And Jesus put them on blast over and over and over again. And so we live in a, in a culture that is backwards. Imagine you got your dream house. Oh, yeah. The big house. Yeah, the big one. You got like seven rooms, several bathrooms. It's a big house, right? Anybody, you got you got a Pinterest board. You got your biggest house. It's incredible. The kids are gone. Bye-bye. You just, you got your house. You're loving it, okay? What if Jesus came to your house? Think about it. What if he, what if he was coming to your house right now? Some of you are blah. Uh, excuse me. I got to leave. <laughs> I got to go clean up. <laughs> Think about if Jesus came to your house. All right, we have a big auditorium here. We can actually seat 300 in this room. If Jesus came to this school, there wouldn't be enough room for the people that would show up. Man, we'd have people everywhere. If Jesus came to your house and you had that big dream house, listen, seven rooms, you know, five bathrooms, it's incredible, huge yard. If Jesus came to your house, it would be so packed, there would not be enough room. You would have guests that you invited. You would have uninvited guests. You would have strangers. I'm talking people would be sitting on the stairs. They'd be in the kitchen hanging out, waiting to see Jesus. They'll be in the bathroom. They'll be in the breakfast nook. They'll be over at the wet bar. They're going to be, your whole house is packed out. Listen, and there'd be so many people and nobody could get in. And you think that, oh, well, once it's full, people won't show up. Or they'd be like, oh, it's full. I'm leaving. No, no, no. You have strangers looking in your window just standing in your front yard. Hey, I'm here to see Jesus. I mean, there are going to be people everywhere. Okay, everywhere. And the truth is, is I don't, I wouldn't judge them. Where Jesus is, is where I want to be. Did you read the text? Have you read it? Listen, before this moment in the text, Jesus has been healing people. He's been changing people's lives. I'm talking, he has been doing some incredible things. Where Jesus is, is where I want to be. And so the story starts with four friends. 
So take a look at it. Four friends, all right? And they decide to carry their friend who's paralyzed to Jesus. So they come up with a plan. They're like, all right, hey, Jesus is in town. We know where he's at. He's at the house. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Let's get, uh, let's get our friend. Let's take him because I'm, I'm pretty confident that if we can get our friend in the presence of Jesus, he can heal him. And so they're, they're excited, you know. Unfortunately, there's nothing much the paralyzed guy can do. He can't be like, actually, guys, uh, I'm not going to go. They're going to take him anyway. And you might think that's cool. I can say that. I was in an accident where I was paralyzed for a little bit. All right, so uh, if you want to hear the story, catch me outside. But so, yeah, like this guy, this guy was paralyzed. So his friends are like, hey, uh, let's go take our buddy to Jesus. So they, all right, let's get, pick him up. All right. <sighs> you guys ready? All right, let's go. Whew, all right. Man, you are heavy. Oh, wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. Oh, I gotta sit down. I'm oh, sorry, man. My kind of shoulder's hurting a little bit. All right. Oh, all right. We're picking them up. Here we go. We really don't know how far they went. And we're just going, ah, leg cramp. Okay. All right. Whew. Somebody's going to meet Jesus today. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. All right. Man. Have you ever had to carry somebody? I don't mean like physically. Have you ever had to carry somebody, like psychologically, emotionally? Have you ever had to carry someone spiritually before? <laughs> you can do it for a little while, but you can't do it for long. Why is that? It's because you weren't designed to do that. Take a deep breath. If you're in the room and you've got maybe, you've been carrying your parents emotionally or maybe you're a family member or a friend, you've been carrying them kind of spiritually, emotionally, take a deep breath to know that you weren't created to do that. And like, we can do that for a little while, but not for long. And I, I was just, I, I preached a camp this past summer and um, I was talking about this to some teens and I said, don't be, don't be surprised because I know teenagers that are having to carry their parents through difficult things. And I, I just wanted them to know you, you're off the hook. Listen, you weren't designed to do that. And we, and we carry, we carry so many burdens for people and we forget that the only way that they're really going to find freedom is if they are in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus. I think about this, like I am not a good counselor, all right? You can come to me. We're going to chop it up. I might, I might be able to say something maybe that will encourage you, but I don't consider myself like a great counselor. Uh, I, know the, I know the good counselor. Uh, and so that's why like, I try to give people to Jesus. That's why I invite them into this place. In the same way that you're experiencing Jesus in this place, like I said, where we're gathered together, his spirit is in, the, in our midst. That's why I invite people to church. That's why I'm, I'm trying to get people into the presence of Jesus because I am not designed to carry them. Be encouraged today that you might be struggling. You might be like, man, I, man I'm, I'm exhausted right now. Just know that is Jesus wants to take that burden from you. And so there we go. We got the, oh, man. Oh, goodness gracious. And he, finally, they get this guy. They round the corner. All right? They round the corner, and the house is slam-packed. They're like, well, what are we going to do? What time did the, the service start? We're late. 
The whole place is slam-packed. And, and they're looking at their, their buddy like, look, bro, we brought you this far. We're not taking you back. All right? You're going to see Jesus. So now they're trying to come up with something. They're like, well, when the service is over, hey, buddy, you go to the back door because he might try to sneak out the back door. We're going to hang out in the front. If Jesus comes out the front, we're going to get him, all right? Uh, we're going to make sure that we see this guy. So they, they're trying to look around the house. They're trying to get in. They're looking in the windows like, there's just no way we are going to get this guy to Jesus. And I don't know whose idea it was. And I don't know who saw this. But one of them was there looking around, thinking, and then he looked up at the roof. I have an idea, guys. Let's put him on the roof. What? You know, his buddies were like, what are you thinking right now? What what are we going to do when we get him on the roof? I don't know yet. Let's just get him up there, and then we'll figure it out from there. Crazy idea. Crazy idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Listen. We're going to tie you down, and we're going to lift you up onto the roof. It's not going to hurt. Trust me. And so what they do is they tie him down, they strap him down, and they start to lift him up on the roof. A couple guys get up there. They're pulling him up. He's up on the roof. They all crawl up on the roof. (sighs) All right. Now what? And one of them's like, I guess we got to find out where Jesus is. So now one of them starts leaning in to try to listen. He's not right here, guys. No, no, no. This isn't it. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. This is it. This is Jesus. I just heard him. I just heard him. That's him. That's him. For God so loved the world that he gave his own life. That's Jesus. I know that's him. He's speaking King James. That's him. That's him. He's right here. And so these guys, man, they go crazy. And listen. The roof is not like the roofs we have here, all right? Because if we were going to come through this roof, you're going to need some power tools. The whole story would have changed. Like, they would have got to the house. They would have knocked on the door. Hey, do you have an extension cord somewhere where we can run a jackhammers? The whole story would have been different, probably less impactful or more impactful. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the roof, that was corny, uh, the roof is not like the roofs we have today. It's pitch branches, leaves, that kind of thing. So they get down, and they start digging at the roof. (laughs) And they're all just digging it, tearing up. (laughs) Now imagine for a moment, Jesus, all right? He's He's in the room, and he's preaching. Verily I say to you, you know, he's doing the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of his message, like stuff starts falling from the ceiling, like dust and stuff, like pieces of the roof are falling in. Jesus is like, what? Everybody in there is like, what is going on right now? And then a hole opens up, and then pop, 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 four little heads pop in the hole, and they're looking down. They're like, Jesus, hey, sorry to interrupt your message, but we got somebody for you. Jesus, it, here's what I love about Jesus. He wasn't even mad. He wasn't even mad. He was looking up. Looking at these guys, I like to think that Jesus was looking up. He wasn't mad because this is kind of like what I did. This is kind of like what I did. I, I tore a hole in the divide between me and, and, and my, my children, and I came down. Yeah, they, these guys tore a hole in the ceiling, and, and they came down. This is kind of like what I did, the irony of it. Somebody write it down. We're going to want to read this later. This is crazy. 
Jesus came down. He came down, became like us. And it says here, uh, I wrote this down because uh, I wanted us to, to think about this. He came down to help the paralysis of humanity. And, and Jesus is there, and he's not even mad about it. He's not even mad about it. And so what happens is these guys are there, and Jesus is looking up at them. And the thing about it is this is not even the awkward part. I know you're thinking, like, if someone tore, tore a hole in the roof, that would be awkward. No, this is not. It got really quiet, and they start lowering the paralyzed man down. Obviously, this wasn't my idea. Like, I, I mean, I could, I didn't, I didn't come up with this idea, but it's good to see everybody. Poof, he hits the floor, and Jesus walks over, and he's looking at the paralyzed man, and the paralyzed man's looking up at Jesus. He's looking down at the paralyzed man, and the paralyzed man's looking up at Jesus, and Jesus looks up at these guys in the hole and looks down at the paralyzed man, and uh, Jesus does something here that is crazy. He does something here that was unheard of. This whole house is packed, right? And they're looking down, and the, and the four guys are like, hey, do that stuff, Jesus. Do, do what you do. You know, you, there's our friend. Do that stuff. Do it. And Jesus looks down at the paralyzed man, and you see in the text, he says, your sins are forgiven. What? Are you serious? The whole house is packed. We're, we're hoping to see a guy get up and walk, and he walks over and says, your sins are forgiven. You can imagine the four dudes like, we just carried this dude all the way across town. We just busted a, a hole in this roof, lowered him down, and Jesus is going to walk up to him and say, your sins are forgiven. Everybody's shocked. Everybody's there. Then you got teachers of the law who are just like, this guy can't do I mean, it, it's just a, it's a crazy, crazy moment. He's looking at the paralyzed man. The paralyzed man is looking at Jesus, and they both agree that he's paralyzed. They just don't agree on where. Jesus looks at him and sees him, him being paralyzed on the inside. And when Jesus looks down at the man, he doesn't see a paralytic body as much as he sees a paralytic soul. If he can do one thing, he wants to heal this man's soul. The most important thing that God can do in your life, and I know that this is crazy, but it's not necessarily heal you from cancer or heal you from some kind of disease. The most incredible thing that he can do in your life is to heal your soul. It's to change you on the inside out. Remember, that's God's priority. At the beginning, I said we have our priorities mixed up. A lot of times we focus on the outside and, not, and don't spend time on the inside. And what Jesus is doing is he's saying, that's wrong. Listen, my priority is on the inside of you. And I know that if I can heal the inside of you, the outside will come later. And he is wanting to transform us and change us from the inside out. This is Jesus talking, all right? This isn't me up here making this up. This is what Jesus is showing these people. He's saying, your sins are forgiven. And he does something shocking. And so then, look in the text. He tells the guy his sins are forgiven. And something happens with the Pharisees. Now, I told you, the Pharisees are spiritual leaders who, if you saw them, you'd be like, they have it all together. But they've got something going on in their, in their heart. 
All right, and the Pharisee, the, Jesus does something with the Pharisees that is interesting. It says that the Pharisees thought in their mind, they were like, this, this guy can't forgive sins. Who is this guy? All right. And Jesus is basically like, I heard that. Like, imagine if you came in here this morning, you're sitting right here where you are, and you're like, man, did I leave the iron on this morning? And I'm sitting here sharing a message, and I'm like, yes, you did leave the iron on this morning. You would be freaked out. You would be like, whoa. That's basically what Jesus does here. And they're like, hey, this guy, this guy is, he, he can't do this. Like, like, this is not right. He can't, who is this guy? He thinks he can forgive sins. And so Jesus acknowledges them and says, oh, what's more difficult for me to say that man's sins are forgiven or to heal his body? Oh, I forgot. You're Jewish, which means that when you see someone with a physical ailment, you think it's indicative of a spiritual problem. And so you think that by me saying that your sins are forgiven doesn't mean anything, that it hasn't done anything, that actually he he's not healed, therefore you can't do that. Excuse me, guys. He walks over, looks at the paralyzed man, pick up your mat and walk. Man, Jesus is bad. Man, I love Jesus. I love that he can do that. He can read your mind. He can teach you a lesson, and he can heal a man in like five seconds. That is awesome. That is awesome. And he says, get up, take up your mat, and walk. Can you imagine being that paralyzed guy? You're just kind of laying there on the floor, and Jesus walks over. He's like, your sins are forgiven. And then you're like, oh, thanks, Jesus. Well, I mean, he didn't do that. Like, your sins are forgiven. Thanks, Jesus. Then he like walks away and has like a whole conversation with the Pharisees and like, well, I'm still here. And then Jesus walks back over and he's like, take up your mat and walk. Whoa, this is awesome. He's rolling up the mat. He's got to take up his mat. Jesus told him, gets the mat. It says he walked out in front of everybody. Everybody saw him. And the people in the room freaked out. We have never seen anything like this before. Everyone in the house was freaking out. Jesus came in to get you out. One of the most famous scriptures, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came in to get you out. And uh, I don't know where you're at. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you struggle with. Listen, Jesus can read your mind. I can't read your mind. I don't know what you deal with. But I've talked to people who struggle with some really deep stuff. I've talked to people who have struggled with fear unforgiveness. They had a very difficult time forgiving their family members. They were paralyzed by pornography. I've talked to people who have been paralyzed by the occult, toxic relationships, anger and hate, uh, poor self-image. I've seen people who in their spiritual lives have been completely paralyzed on the inside, unable to really pursue Jesus um, because they are paralyzed. They paralyze. And I've seen these people who then in the presence of of God, presence of Jesus have been delivered. So I'm standing up here telling you 
I've seen this with my eyes. It's kind of hard to unsee that kind of stuff. And so I'm just telling you from my heart that when you enter into the presence of Jesus, incredible things happen. Incredible things happen. This morning, I'm going to have the the band come out and play. And I just want to just briefly talk to you about what this passage and how this passage should impact you in a deeper way. What Jesus is saying, he's saying this, he's saying your soul is priority. What is happening on the inside of you takes priority over everything that's happening in your life. And he's saying that if you are a person who is paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by sin, you have something going on in your life, when you are in the presence of Jesus, crazy things can happen and you can be healed and you can be changed. And that if you're someone who maybe you don't ever think about your soul, You don't ever think about the state of your soul. I want to challenge you this morning. Let this be a morning where you are thinking about where you are with Jesus. The other thing about this passage that I want to point out to you, and in our Welcome Home series, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like I've been beating a drum that says, quit thinking about yourself, think about other people. And in this passage, these four friends do something absolutely incredible. They see their friend in the state that he's in, and they pick him up, and they take him to the presence of Jesus. They carry him into the presence of Jesus. No, I'm not saying go into your friend's house and physically pick them up and carry them to church, but I am saying that an invitation to church or an invitation to experience Jesus in a powerful way, it doesn't have to be here, is is so important and ought to be a priority in your life. Let this passage be an example to you. Ask yourself this question, how passionate am I about really helping and carrying my friends into the presence of God? And if you're like me and you've experienced God uh, in a powerful way and you've been in his presence and you've seen healing and change happen in your life, then you know how important it is. And so today what we're going to do is, is we're going we're gonna to play, he's going to play a song. But what I want to do is I kind of want to open up this altar here as a place of prayer, a place of worship. And during this song, you can do whatever you want. You can stand up, you can worship with them, but I really want to challenge you if, to take an introspective look at your life right now and ask yourself, what are the things holding me back from growing in my relationship with God? Are these things paralyzing me? And the presence of God is here. You are in the presence of Jesus. And he wants to change your life. He wants to have a conversation with you. And today, if that's you, if you're one of those guys, being, you're challenged to be like one of the four guys who you have people in your mind who you want to bring into the presence of God, let today be the day where you take action. We've said in the series, it's not enough to know here. I'm praying that the knowledge moves from here to your heart and out your hands. Reach out to someone today. We're gonna, I'm going to pray right now. We're going to enter into the time of prayer, and we've got some things for you later, but let's pray. God, thank you for such an incredible story, a historical moment, God, where you use these four friends to bring someone into your presence to be healed. God, we're recognizing right now that more so than what's on the outward, God, you, you care about what's on the inside of us so much that you came down to get us out. So God, I pray today, Lord, I pray that this time, God, that we walk away different than when we came in. God, I pray, Lord, that 
we will be people who are obsessed with being in your presence because that is where the healing happens. We love you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.